0: cow was separated from the herd with her abdomen largely distended. After several unsuccessful attempts at relieving a bloat, the veterinarian is called for evaluation. We'll find out what's going on with this cow today on Bovine Science with BCI. We've got a special guest today, Dr. Matt Meisner is joining us. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. So we're happy to have him with us. He is a head clinician here at the veterinary school, works with a lot of different cases, a lot of different students. And we're going to talk about this case today and kind of work our way through because a little bit unusual. So tell
1: us a little bit more about what the client noticed on this cow, man. So I think a common complaint that we deal with a lot in cattle and other ruminants is uh, the the complaint of bloat. And uh, this one presents a great case of how we work through bloat and uh, try to come up with a bunch of different differentials and what might be the cause of it. And I think that's uh, kind of where we should start on this. So
0: when we think about bloat, I mean, there's the obvious, and are they bloated or not? There's obvious cases where you see that the rumen is really poking out of the paralumbar fossa. There's some that's kind of in between. What's your distinction? If I call you and I say, I think she might be bloated, how do you help me differentiate?
1: Exactly. And so, you know, bloat can be somewhat of a a generic term for abdominal distention. We all seem to think of bloat as rumen bloat, or at least especially clients and and others, we just the common thing is rumen bloat. So the common question that we're going to ask is, what does it look like? What's the shape of her abdomen? When you're looking from the back of this cow, what does it look like? Does it look like we've got a big pooch, the um, upper left side of her, or is it a nice, symmetric, big, round abdomen?
0: So what we often think about is we're going to look from the side, but really what you're saying is one of the best places is stand right square behind them and look and see, is it upper left? Is it on the bottom? Is it on right. the right or somewhere else? Is that what exactly. you're
1: saying? Exactly. That abdominal contour from the back is important, it is a great descriptor of what we think is probably going on. This is where we get into the pear shape and some right. of the other stuff, yeah. right? What are the shapes you use? Oh, pear, papal, apple, and then just big old... I yeah. guess it'd be just kind of our big round tomato. I don't know. Yeah, different.
0: <laughs> I like papple because you didn't have a shape you wanted, so you just made one up.
1: Yeah, and this one, of those, yeah, it's kind of a combination of a pear and an apple, right? So it's a it, that's a great discussion in in rounds, but. So
0: what? Let's let's go back to this case. So this is a, a first calf heifer standing off from the
1: herd, and
0: what had been done with her so far?
1: So the client noticed this and oftentimes clients are gonna do this, and, and uh, the first thing that we try to do to differentiate bloats is he's gonna pass a tube and try to relieve that if he thinks it's a rumen. Now, interesting part of this case is that the client passed the tube and drained, quote, drained fluid instead of gas a fair amount of fluid liquid fluid okay and um, did this several times uh, over a, a few days time and each time they got a large volume of rumen fluid which on. is odd exactly Be- so it's something different because normally
0: when i think of bloats i'm thinking of a free gas bloat or sometimes you put a tube down and not much comes out or you get some frothy stuff because we've got a, f- a frothy bloat from maybe a different cause yep but pretty rare that you would just have a bunch of fluid come out. Uh, you'll see that on horses with reflux sometimes where they'll have fluid come out, but not usually on cows. Exactly.
1: So we're always thinking two different types of rumen and bloat, frothy, free gas. We pass a tube, free gas, it comes out frothy. You have this meringue looking stuff. And so we think of differentials there. The other one, we may try to pass a tube and can't pass a tube because she's got an esophageal obstruction and it's, it's plugging. So right. a choke or something like exactly. that. that we yep yep horses reflux cows should not reflux so that is a very abnormal finding and a pretty significant finding when we have reflux coming out of our tube yeah the the only time i saw that it did not turn out well not good no that is usually a big (laughs) red
0: flag It's usually something bad yes is it unusual and i may go back to our signalment unusual that we'd have one cow bloated and the rest of the herd okay because some of our causes of bloat would be diet related in some degree, but we've only got one affected. Does that change our differential list in sure. any way?
1: It narrows it, I would say. You know, you've got an individual with an individual problem in a herd. And so I, I kind of get away from a group management situation, feed being more of those. Yeah.
0: So know. we're thinking probably not diet, probably not something going on there. Probably so not. what did you grab from that? So you go out to, to check the cow. What did you grab from the truck?
1: What are some of your first exams? What do you do to assess what's going on with her? with bloats they can be an emergency in a hurry right so we want to have everything we're going to need potentially for that leaving the truck so that when i get there i don't have to get the big eyes and run back to the truck to grab something else so we sort of have a list that we you know our bloat list and one of those is going to be a stethoscope and some rectal sleeves just to be sure to palpate Um, big thing is going to have a tube um, to pass into the room and speculum uh, a bucket some water and i usually take some clippers a scalpel and a an emergency trocar just in case I need those. And there's been plenty of situation where you go to look at a cow that's been off for a while, you get there and it's, oh, oh, it's time to do something now. And so you need to have those things when you go to look at So
0: it. Quickly, quickly could be an emergency situation, which means do you, do you handle this differently than say a cow that's Sick and may, maybe not in a life-threatening condition. How do you, how do you handle
1: these cows? Sure, these ones are they're teetering on the edge of respiratory restriction or or, or uh, having trouble breathing. They're teetering, and so any uh, excitement and uh, you know excited movement could certainly push them right over the edge. And so we're we're going into it just kind of easy and making sure everything goes slowly.
0: Well, absolutely. And time we have that respiratory distress, they're usually right on the edge of where they can maintain their oxygen capacity. So yep. if we get them excited and they ramp up to hundred
1: miles an hour, right. they may not be able to keep that going. Right. That rumen or that abdominal distention is put a lot of pressure on the diaphragm. And if they try to take a few deep breaths, they may not be there and that's it.
0: So you prefer putting her in a chute if available or would you try to do her out of the chute?
1: Because sometimes they can be big enough that it's kinda of restrictive yep. going down the alleyway or the chute. It's a balance. Some are gonna handle it, you wanna be safe, so you have to have restraint that's safe for you, but you also have to have an ability to get them into a restraint that can be easily changed or they can get out of that quickly if they decide to go down. And so some we can put in a chute, but I'm really cautious to make sure it has a side exit or we've got some way to get them out the front and not a long, narrow alley. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise you
0: just her up. What'd you you do in this case? What'd your initial exam show?
1: Cow was, uh, she was pretty manageable, pretty easy cow to move. She moved slowly, walked through and got got into a shoot, had a nice side exit so we were okay um and of course you know we had everything ready if we need an emergency if she went down but we passed a tube and saw just what the client had seen there's more fluid just coming out of our tube what kind of fluid came out was it clear fluid green fluid green. lots of chunks had she been eating no this is fairly watery pretty green i think over the few days we would lost some of the fiber mat from the other passing and uh it just flowed really freely and uh discussion with that situation was again cows should not reflux there should be a a striation in the rumen this is an indication of something probably downstream a little further than just the rumen so you're initially thinking
0: blockage of some sort that it's not passing and then that fluid is just building up in the rumen is that
1: the initial thought backing up from somewhere you know she's been off for a while and lost that sort of an indigestion with backup and uh you know it's still we kind of go through the 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 plan is to pass the tube first even though that's the history it might, i might find something different but in this case it was obvious and it decompressed it but not significantly and you talked about lost the fiber mat say more about that what yeah you... so when we think of a rumen, there should be a, a kind of a fluid bottom then you kind of got about midway up it starts to uh, transition into the feed and the fiber and then on top should be a ga- a free gas kind of uh, gas cap in that when there's indigestion it changes or whenever we have just kind of ongoing backup that continues to digest and then it just backs up fluid it can be from the abomasum it can be from even further downstream
0: and, and free gas bloat, we'd expect the the gas part to really expand exactly but in this case they had tubed her several times so maybe that fiber mat's gone and we're, we're just left with pretty much just fluid
1: yep in was, the room. and they had put some water back in as well electrolytes she looked a little dehydrated and uh, rightfully they tried to give her some extra hydration as the same time okay
0: so as you pass the tube you get the fluid back and you're thinking maybe an obstruction maybe a blockage somewhere downstream there's some challenges here with what we're what we're going to do
1: next what's next right so we know she's calm We're, we're able to get it off she's not in distress we finished our physical exam and there's some physical exam findings that really lead you to a downstream obstruction one of those being a rectal exam I like to say that ruminants should be recreational urinators and defecators, and so there should be always <laughs> manure in the rectum. And I don't care if they haven't eaten for three days. That rumen should have been draining stuff. Yep. And there, should be ru- there should be manure back there. So there always should be first red flag is you reach in and it's dry. Um, so big cow, I don't care if she's been off for several days. There should be poop. There's nothing. there's stuff still coming because right. the rumen is a big vat that should keep pushing should stuff be, back. Should be some there. And uh, so there's nothing there. And then we use our stethoscope to shake the insides. So we uh, suck us fluid so we can hear a, an accumulation of fluid within the intestinal tract somewhere. And sometimes we'll ping them or we'll percuss the abdomen here, these kind of high-pitched pings that sound like a basketball in there. And in this case, we had a few kind of light pings and a lot of sloshing. So, and it was on the lower right abdomen, which would indicate we've got some backup of fluid in the small bowel as well.
0: That's similar to what we would think of, like in dairy cows, we talk about a displaced albumase and you're using the same techniques. You're pinging them to listen for it. How do we know,
1: is this a displaced abomasum? mason, does it fit? How do, you, how do you know what's pinging? It's certainly, there's a few things it can. It's going to be location, one, and then the resonance of that ping. And so, you know, a displaced abomasum mason, more common in dairy, I've seen two in beef cattle in my entire career. So possible, but less likely. And again, we see well, anything that has a viscous, it has fluid and gas in it, is going to potentially ping so a small intestine will do it a cecum will do it a spiral colon will do it you know so but in this case we're having the location is more in the lower right abdomen which would be more small intestine small intestine and should there ever be a ping in a normal cow Not really. You'll have some transient things, but this is persistent. So when I listen to it, I want to continue to hear it. If it's abnormal, occasionally hear some flatulence passing. You
0: you, you just get at the right time, the wrong place and you hear something. But if it's repeatable, same spot pathology. Yeah,
1: exactly. And you couple that with your other clinical signs. So nothing you have said so far is making me really excited about the nope. prognosis. No, nope. uh, well, um, but we're early. I mean, she's still standing, and she's still calm, and she's not in distress. And so I'm always... See, I
0: calm. love it. You're yep. glass half full. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, yep. it's
1: all good so yep. far. And then, you know, then then we just kind of try to make a confirmation. I can tell you we can do ultrasound. You can do some things to look for things. And then, But there's some pretty characteristic blood changes that go on with an intestinal obstruction, which we did next. So you did blood work. Yep. So we just run a chemistry you know and it's pretty characteristic to see the changes in the bicarbonate they usually get alkaline their chloride tends to drop pretty dramatically and their potassiums will make some changes as well so we can we can have a pretty good idea all right hypochloremic metabolic alkalosis this cow is got something that's not passing she's blocked somewhere so what are my options treatment options? You can try to do some, we've already, they've already tried fluids for several days, right? And sometimes you do mineral oil, but I'm going to say the impactions are very uncommon. Occasionally we'll see apple-mesil impactions, but it's not like a horse where you get these colonic impactions and hydration helps. Usually by the time a cow obstructs, there's something physically doing it. Even if it's impacted, oftentimes I see it wound up with baler twine or other things. So usually just a simple impaction is not too likely. So hydration's probably out. Um, we're now making a decision. It's been several days on if we're going to do surgery or not. Some not, you know, so um, you can try some mineral oil and things. But more than likely, it's a decision at this point. All right, we're going to open it or not. Surgery or euthanasia. Exactly. Right, or two options at yep. this point. Because there's, there's no other real
0: medical management. And like you said, it's unlikely to be just an impaction like we think about in other species where some mineral oil may help or something else may
1: help and they've already tried they fluids to try to pass it through yeah. so surgery or you're not this less common and that would not have been wrong day one or two to do that, which is what they already did. So as a veterinarian, I might've tried that early, but at this point, we're a couple of days down the road. Okay. So what did you decide to do in this case? They were uh, game to open the cow and have a look to so just do an exploratory. And that's something she's in good shape. She's calm. We can give her some anti-inflammatories, do a local block and do a an, uh, right flank exploratory uh, laparotomy
0: so you did her standing yep and you sedated her how,
1: how did, no you, sedation, did you uh, just, just a local, local anesthetic so we yep. do a, a paravertebral block or you can do a local inverted L block just like you're doing a cesarean section but at the right side not the left side um, knowing that we don't have a rumen bloat and that's always the decision when we're doing these exploratories when you got a bloated cow we already know that we're not in rumen we're downstream so we're going to go on the right side Okay. So, and did you not sedate her because she was
0: pretty calm or did you not sedate her because you were worried about some of the metabolic changes that she was undergoing?
1: Both, right. So we know that she's got some pretty significant blood changes, but I, again, just a little sedation could be pretty potent in a cow. And especially if she's got some changes in electrolytes that can make her go down in the chute, which I do not want her to do. I want her to stay standing so that I can find what I need. Especially if we've got her abdomen open. open. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. She she can't go down now. (laughs) So what'd you find when you get in there? So we found, it actually, was, it's a fun one. Usually I was expecting to find what we was is an in a susception. That's a really common finding where the bowel telescope's on itself. Didn't find that, actually found a uh, phytotrichobezoar, or hairball, um, yeah. and it was in a location that was really easily accessible. We could see distended bowel in, in the backside and empty in the front, and there was a nice wad of feed and hair right in the, the jejunum that we could exteriorize. Popped it out, made a little hole, zinged it out, and sewed her up. awesome yeah hooray you know everybody's patting everybody on the back
0: yeah did you did you keep it because i have been to numerous veterinary clinics and they've all got a hairball that they took out
1: of a cow so is this on your desk somewhere yeah it's i think i gave it to the client to keep and i don't those can get pretty stinky you know horses have some cool rocks (laughs) but cattle are usually they get pretty rotten yeah it wasn't your first one you didn't need to keep it yeah Yeah. so they were like "Woo, cool so but that you know that was a great situation to, to recognize is that but the problems came after because that cow, again, had had so many days of everything falling out on the ground from the tubes and whatnot, that all of those electrolytes that she had been depleted of came to came to fruition. And so the surgery was the simple part. Followed within about 12 hours, she was down, and um, we repeated blood work, and those electrolytes and things were just getting worse, and magnesium, and chloride, and all that kind of stuff. And she did require some major medical intervention for the next several days, and so an eye-opener to recognize how how on edge a cow can be, you make them feel a little bit better. And it just, she'd been so depleted for several days that she just, it all came to Well,
0: she couldn't out. absorb it from her gut. Cause exactly. it wasn't getting it wasn't there, there because there no. you had full blockage. And then when you open it up, she's got to regear back up yep. to start
1: absorbing that. So oral fluids only, or do you have to go IV? Both. So yeah. we ended up having to replace, uh, several days of, of IV concoctions of fluids, um, oral fluids. Fortunately, she was bright and alert the whole time, so she was able to continue to eat for a while. So, it, But it was, uh, that was one of those situations to recognize early on that this cow probably is going to have some some issues. So I would recommend that, you know, from when I see this, uh, it may not be three days. I might pass a tube a day or two, but be planning ahead for what's going to happen. Absolutely.
0: So phytotrichobizar, mm-hmm. awesome scrabble word, but what do
1: we do about prevention? Okay, so there are some risk factors for that. And uh, this was a um, situation where it was kind of wintertime and they had had some lice issues uh, over the past and possibly you kind of get those seasons where you have poorer quality feed and it kind of mixes together and occasionally we'll make these hairballs. I'll see these in calves, we'll see them in feedlot critters um, where they start grooming each other as well as themselves. So that's a risk factor. Sometimes it just happens. Yeah, it's just them, right? They're basically licking, ingesting that hair and then
0: it's going to form together. So Lice could be a risk factor, the hair shedding, how they're going. But
1: right. kind of a spotty, not a lot we're going to do to right. prevent that. So a single cow, single, single one in the herd. But, you know, we kind of paid attention, looked around, made sure everybody wasn't having some hair loss and the feed was okay. okay. So it's, in this situation, it just appeared to be a, a fluke. That's a one-off.
0: But interesting, and I, I like how you progress through this t- case, because really this is show, not all bloats are the same. And if I put a tube down and I get gas or it's frothy – I've got plans to deal with both of those, but in this case, you start getting fluid back. I need to be thinking about something different, and probably, based on how this case turned out, and this case turned out well, cow lived. Yes, w- but sure. serious interventions needed. It may make me think sooner, better for intervention, and maybe we would have had less medical management on the back end if we'd have intervened right away with surgery. Right.
1: Right. You know, and the you know, again, the duration of time. And uh, so, yeah, all bloats are not. Uh, just room and bloat. And so we just kind of keep that in mind. And so we, we're looking for things as we progress through each case. Excellent.
0: Well, I appreciate you sharing with us this morning. Thanks, Dr. Meisner. And yeah.
1: thanks for your time. Fun
0: one.